Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Today's breakfast is sponsored in loving memory of Ruth Jerome, Alea Shalom, Lilui Nishmat Ruth Bath Farida, sponsored by his son Joey Jerome, also sponsored by Gabriel Amos in honor of Haron Shochet, thanking him for all the work that he does as well as making sure everything runs smoothly and on time. Breakfast is also sponsored in loving memory of Salim Ezer, Alea Shalom, Lilui Nishmat Salim Yosef Ben Serah, Alea Shalom, sponsored by Daisy Ezer, Sandy, and Haron Shochet. Breakfast is sponsored as well in loving memory of Nina Dahan, Alea Shalom, Lilui Nishmat Esther Batribka, sponsored by Peggy and Morris Dayan. Kulchem Beruchim. Ele Mo'ade Amunai. These are the Mo'adim, the appointed festivals of Akadosh Baruch Hu, Mikraya Kodesh, holy convocations. They're called to be holy. They are dedicated and declared to be holy. Asher Tikru'u Otam Bemo'adam. That you will call them Bemo'adam in their appointed times, which you shall designate in their appointed times. Rabotai, this, these words may be familiar to us from the process of, uh, of making Kiddush on the holiday, uh, on any of the holidays. Ele Mo'adamunai Mikra'e Kodesh Asher Tikru'u Otam Bemo'adam. Right? We all sing it in the beginning of the Kiddush. These are the holidays that we call. What does it mean that we call? So this, it's such an interesting idea. Most of us are familiar with the concept that the days of the holidays in the year, they signify specific mazal, specific energy, specific elements in the, in the, uh, within the human spectrum. So as an example with regards uh, to the, the holiday of Pesach, a person can obtain freedom. With regards to the holiday of Shavuot, they can renew their vows with regards to connecting to Torah. Rosh Hashanah, starting a new year. Each one of these days carries within it the power to be able to institute, to be able to create uh, a change in the person's life with the power of that day. However, what's fascinating to me is, while the day itself carries that power, in other words, at the time of Yitzhak Avinu, Avraham is told, already foretold, What's going to happen on this day? They're eating matzot and they're told on that day that Yitzhak is going to be born. So we're witnessing effectively something, a day which is destined from already before the problem happened, a day that was destined to bring them freedom. That means that the power was where? It was in the day, in the calendar, in that time, there was something special about that time. Now, why do I mention this? Because although there's something special about the day, which means, and you know what, I could be sleeping in my bed, if Shabbat comes along, it's Shabbat with me or without me. It's Pesach with me or without me. However, along with the day itself and the inexorable nature of that time, there's also something that I do, that we call them, that we designate them. So when do we designate the holiday? Like we said, with Kiddush, when a person sanctifies the day and they get up and they say, Asher Baharbanu, who chose us, what did he do? And he gave us this day. And this day, in that moment, when you raise your glass and you're being mekadesh the day, or sometimes it happens as well for some people, according to halakha, according to some poskim, happens in the prayers of the, of the night when you come to synagogue in Arbit. But not everyone goes to those prayers. Regardless, there's a, a moment where you call, you declare the day. Now, I want to illustrate a, a, just a, a, a tiny nuance in understanding. There's declaring something, which is a statement which um, describes an existing reality. 
So as an example, if I say this is a chair, that is just a declaration, uh, a description. I'm saying it's a chair. Nothing changed because I said it's a chair, correct? How about if I am the, uh, the President of the United States and I say, I hereby declare today to be an amnesty day. You turn in your gun, you turn in your, your knife that you purchased illegally, no one is going to prosecute you. It's not that I described that today is amnesty day, I just made it the day. My words created that reality. So when we come to a holiday and there's a description, it's not a description of the day, the words themselves are sanctifying. They're making the day holy. A description which would be more, more apropos is similar to the phrase that I use under the chuppah. You are sanctified to me with this ring. I'm not saying that you are married to me already. I'm not describing a reality that already exists. My words themselves are making this new reality. Behold, you are betrothed to me. That is what is being Mikadesh, uh, sanctifying the woman to her husband under the chuppah. It's almost like with the power of words when God said, Yehi or let there be light, the words themselves created that light. Now, Rabotai, this seems to be an academic discussion about how a person makes Kiddush on the night. But I, I want to share with you, it's actually much deeper than that. Because really, this is a description or a, uh, uh, a, t- a telling uh, about the two different types of times that exist in the human experience. The Pasuk says, Everything has a time, Zeman, Va'et, and a season. This idea of a time and a season is a fascinating concept. Because what does that mean, is a time and a season? Et lehov, et snow, et milhama, et shalom. There's a time for peace, a time for war, a time to love, a time to hate. So what do you mean time and season? Rabotai, a season is something that you have no control over. It comes when it comes. Groundhog Day not with, notwithstanding, you know, it's supposed to be nice outside. Meanwhile, the weather never got the memo and it's been pouring for four days straight. I feel like I'm in London again. Do you understand what's going on, Rabotai? An et is something you have no control over. It just comes and it comes when it comes. In fact, this word exactly we find used with that description. What does the Pasuk say? The Pasuk says that Mashiach will come Be'ita ahishena. What does Be'ita mean? Mashiach will come in its time. Ahishena means I will bring it closer. Gemara, what is it? Is Mashiach going to come in his time? Or is he going to be brought sooner than his time? And the answer is it depends on the people. But for the sake of this discussion, we see that the word Ita means in its predestined time. In its predestined time. A time which is set aside with its energy, with its mazal. Rabotai, if that's the case. So both with regards to the holiday, in the same way that the holiday comes with me or without me, but there's something that I could do to declare the time that's also true in the human experience. There are times when a person is waiting for the right mazal, like we say always, in the right exact time. When the right time comes, a person will get married, a person's going to have children, and you know what? Maybe you should sit there with your hands like this folded, waiting for the right time. But sometimes a human being can for one reason or another decide that the et doesn't work for him. I can't wait for the time, the mazal, for the stars to align. 
I need to do something else. When a person talks about ziman, ziman can be brought forward. Ziman can be stretched to another time by the fact that I need that thing to happen now. The irony, Rabotai, of this concept is illustrated uh, in, in many places. And I think to myself often that this is the human experience. You, felt you have people waiting around for the right one. Or they could do something to bring that day closer for children, for, maz, for business. And they're waiting, and they're waiting. And you know what? Maybe it's a smart thing. Wait for your mazal, wait for things to shine, have a munah, sit back. Or, or, there's a time when a person knows that if they wait for their mazal to turn up, they're going to be dead already. Really, the Jewish people are supposed to be redeemed on the day of Pesach. That's the day. The 14th day of the month of Nisan, that's when they're supposed to be redeemed. God comes looks at the Jews and says, okay, ready to go? And basically, are they ready? No. They're not holy. They're in the 49th level of Tumah. They're about to pass away. Like they're going to jump off the cliff into Tumah. And as we know in the Megillah, if they were not redeemed at that time, what would have happened? They never would have been redeemed. So really, God is faced with a choice. Because right now, it's the right time, but they're not ready. So what should really God do? Wait. Not 210 years, 200 and... 11 years. He should have waited till next year, Pesach. Right? That's what he should have done. But he couldn't do that. So Pesach is an interesting anomaly because it was both et and ziman. Do you hear that? Lachol ziman va'et. So there's a season for snow and there's a season for rain and there's a season for hatred and a season for love and a season for war and a season for everything. But the pasuk doesn't bother saying that there's also a zeman for everything because that's up to you. You can change that mazal by bringing something forward, by engaging in the act of kedusha. Now that for me was a fascinating concept. The ability that a human being has to rise above his mazal and decide even though my mazal's not turning up till next year, I can't wait. If I have to wait that long, I'll be broken. I'll be bitter, I'll be angry So Hashem. Even if it's not the right time now, I need it now. I need you to hear the power of that idea. Rabotai, I want to show you something that is magnificent now. Suddenly, the words of Torah jump off the page once you, once you see this. And the beauty of, uh, what's it called, of, of the words of Torah is that the more that you learn, it's not just that you have added knowledge in the area where you added the knowledge. It's also that your added knowledge sheds a new light on every other thing that you've ever learned. Uh, like the Pasuk says, Mishpateh Hashem Emet, Sadeku Yachdav. The Mishpatim, the words of Hashem, the word Mishpat can mean his judgments, but the word Mishpat also means a word, right? Mishpateh Hashem Emet, God's words are Emet, Sadeku, they, uh, they are justified, Yachdav. When you know that Gemara, you understand this one. When you know that Midrash, you understand this Pasuk. Until you learn everything, you don't fully understand anything. So according to what we just said, I want to share with you a beautiful chidush. If you open up in Megillat Esther, there's a machloke between Mordechai and Esther. And Mordechai seems, he seems like he's saying something outrageous. He's being reckless. Mordechai comes to Esther and he says to her, I need you to go into the king and plead for the Jews. Right? Send her a message. Esther, you want to know why I'm wearing sackcloth? Because we're about to be killed. You need to go into the palace. You need to go and beg for our lives. Esther sends a message back. She says, everybody knows in the kingdom that if a person goes into the king's room, chamber, without being called, 
Achat dato la'amid is supposed to die. Levad ma'ashe yoshit lo'amelech et shavit et hazahav. Only the one that's, that the king sends his golden scepter. He's going to live. Va'ani lo nekreti lavoe la'amelech. Zeh shiloshim yom. I haven't been called in 30 days. The Mepharshim say, what was Esther saying to Ahasuerosh? I'm due to be called any day now. Any day now I'm going to be called. So it's not the time for me to go in. Mordechai says back, Don't think that you're going to run away and be safe in the, in the, in the, uh, in the palace. Esther is saying, it's not the mazal. Look, this is why Achashverosh hasn't called me for a conjugal visit, because in order that now, which is the right et, I should be able to go with him in the next couple of days, whenever he desires me. Mordechai says, no, you're understanding this wrong. And listen to the words now, they will jump off the page. Ki harishi. For if you are silent, ba'et hazot. In this et, if the reason why you are being silent is ba'et hazot, because you don't think that it's the right, like we said the word et means a season, that you don't bring forward, that is inflexible, the, the Jews are going to be saved in another way. You're going to need to bring that forward. And who knows, he says, im la'et kazot, he got la malchut. Maybe for this et, for this time, you were brought to the machu. What is Mordechai telling her? He's saying to her, I need you to understand, it's a very smart thing to wait for everything to come in its right time. But you, you're a tzedeket. You were torn out of my house. You were being forced to be with and married to a, a, a despot, a rasha, mirusha, a horrible person. You're not in a scenario where you're now waiting for some mazal to come your way for the right day, for the right time. Right now, you're in an unnatural state. Why are you here? Why did this happen to you? Why are you in this terrible situation, which is completely untenable, if not for this moment that I'm bringing to you? That means that when a person is in an unnatural situation, you don't wait for the situation to resolve itself. You don't wait until the king calls you. You figure out how to walk into the king. You figure out how to make the Zeman right. And there's plenty of things, Rabotai, that a person can do, a person can do to be able to bring things closer. Number one, we know a person's prayers always help. Number two, we know where a person is able to pray. I thought of myself the other day, an interesting chidush, and I'll end with this. I mentioned the other day in one of the classes that the pasuk says, Ish imov, sorry, the pasuk says that Kohen is supposed to become Tameh to whom? To Imo ul Aviv. Why does it say Imo ul Aviv? It should say Aviv and Imo, like it says every time where it says Aviv Imo. The one exception where it puts Imo in front of Aviv is by Ish Imo ve Aviv Tirau, because generally a person fears their father more than their mother. So from the fact that it reversed it in that case means it needs to specially be reversed. So why was it reversed here? Why does Imo come first here when we say a Kohen is allowed to become Tameh to his mother? Answer the Mephashim, magnificent. The reason is because, why? Amazing. Because generally at the time women were living far shorter lives than men. So which was the first one to come to fruition? 
Who would die first at that time? Women were living much shorter lifespans. I think now, because we know how to be able to support the woman through pregnancy, we know to give them the vitamins and the nutrients that they need in order when that takes the toll on the body, we know that they're able to do so. So what does it say first? Imo or the aviv? Because who's going to pass away first in the general sense at that time? The mother would pass away first. If that's the case, a few pesukim later, it talks about the Kohen Gadol, and it says the Kohen Gadol should not become Tameh le'aviv il imo. And it puts Aviv before Imo. So what are you talking about? You just said that with regards to passing away, the mother's going to pass away first. That's why it says it by the regular Kohen. But when it comes to the Kohen Gadol, it switches the order. What's the reason? And I saw the most magnificent uh, answer, but I'm going give, to give you my own chidush because I think it's a little bit different. Listen to this. The Pasuk tells us that when a person kills Bishogeg, where do they have to go? They don't get killed. They didn't kill on purpose. They fell off a ladder. They killed someone by negligence. The halakha is, if any one of the family members finds him, they're allowed to kill him. Because it was this guy's negligence that stole their father, mother, brother, sister, daughter, son from them. What does the person have to do? He needs to run immediately to one of the Ir Miklat, one of the set-aside set cities of refuge. Says the Gemara, until when? Until the Kohen Gadol dies. The Gemara tells us that the mothers of all the Kohanim Gedolim, what would they do? What would they do? They were very careful. Why? They were scared that everyone in the city is going to pray that their child is going to die. So what did they do? They went out and they did chesed with everyone that they could. That act of kindness, that they were constantly involved in kindness, prolongs a person's life. The Gemara says that two great scholars, Rabbah and Abaye, were both from the house of Eli. Eli Kohen, his children were cursed because of the, spe- the, the terrible story over there in, 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 in Nach. And Rabotai, they were de- cursed to live short lives. Says the Gemara, Rabbah that lived, that worked his whole life and studied Torah, how long did he live till? 40. Abaye, who did Torah and Hasadim, how long did he live to? 80. He doubled his life expectancy because he engaged in acts of hasid. So if a person knows that they need to change something, then they can take responsibility for it with their prayers, with their acts of hasid, trying to fulfill someone else who has the same need that you have and supporting them with that exact thing. We know that these are things that allow a person to get answered to first, not just first to the other guy. Everyone reads the Gemara, if I do something for you and you need it, so I get answered first before you. Tehillah could also mean I get answered first before me, before I was supposed to have been answered in my et, in my season. May God bless us always. Like we always say, Mikadesh Yisrael vehazimanim. Am Yisrael is sanctified with the power to sanctify in a way that we can make a day, we can make an event, we can make something holy. Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen.